action. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the uh, Warrior Poets. Podcast. <laughs> this is, we are the, uh, wash. <laughs> the Warrior Poets, but we are, uh, this is the Cosmic Car Wash Podcast. Wow. I had a moment there for just a second. <laughs> and keeping it, it is easier than stopping the recording and starting all over again. So we'll just roll with it and the world will have to appreciate my brain fart. So... <laughs> This is the Cosmic Car Wash Podcast. Hey. Super glad to be here. Uh, we were off last week because life happens and schedules happen. And Rick, you're a world traveler, so right. you, know, you were all over the map. And um, Yeah, so today coming in, um, we call this one the Ruminations of the Warrior Poets. You know, in a brief conversation that you and I got to have last week in the middle of your busy travels, something that kind of spilled out of my head was uh, the ruminations of the warrior poets are fit for public consumption. So yes. we're going to put that to the test here today and just kind of go, yeah, just kind of riff like we did, you know, three or four podcasts ago, you know, what's been on our heart, what's going on with us and uh, try to be encouraging without being disingenuous because I've had kind of a rough week, honestly, and I don't want to spill all my garbage in front of the whole world, but uh think it is helpful to talk about that stuff and the other stuff that's going on. So, um, yeah. So before we hit record here, you know, you and I were just talking about, um, I, we're big fans of the Bible project, uh, Tim Mackey and his organization there in, um, um, Portland, Oregon, uh, do really incredible work, uh, videos that help to really break down, um, books of the Bible and themes that are kind of woven throughout the Bible. And uh, I was listening to a recent episode where they were talking about uh, what's so important or, you know, what's so special about the tabernacle and uh, really got into a lot of the meat, you know, Tim Mackey having his doctorates, I believe in Hebrew uh, really understands, you know, kind of the foundational uh, components, the building blocks of scripture and is able to get back to, well, you know, some of the stuff is lost in our English translations. And so, you know, being able to read and understand Hebrew really gets into the meat of it. And uh, we were talking about, or he was talking about on the podcast um, that uh, the tabernacle was a representation of the garden of Eden. You know, when God first created Adam and Eve, you know, the garden was a part of Eden, you know, Eden was this territory. Um, but then he launched into um, Eden being God's space. Uh, initially, we were created to live in Eden where God's space and our space overlapped. But because of sin, um, Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden really for their own good. So they didn't um, take hold of the, some of the fruit of the tree of life and live forever in their their sinful state. But God had already kind of launched this rescue mission, you know, to get us back. And so that's why he explained that in different stories throughout the Bible, we see how Eden shows up in those different things. And it was just really like a, an eye-opening, um, in some ways, kind of a mind-bending discussion that he and his co-host were having. And so, um, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that, you know, as you and I talk about uh, the great renewal, you know, uh, what we have uh, sold ourselves to is this message of the great renewal that Jesus is coming back to recreate or to to redeem, to restore 
uh, heaven and earth and to uh, bring heaven and earth back together again. You know, we are, uh, as part of the kingdom of God, you know, people that really give themselves to follow Jesus and live their lives the way they, that Jesus would if he were them. You know, we are like a kind of a foretaste of that kingdom of God. Um, so that's kind of where I've been going this week in the middle of, you know, some other personal struggles and things. But that's that's been the hope that I have, man, like in the middle of uh, just a yeah, just a rough week. That's been the thing that has kept me from going too far over the edge. So anyway, I'll turn it over to you with that and we'll just kind of riff and go from there and see where our ruminations take us. <laughs> wow. I got some ruminations. <laughs> ruminations. Yeah. <laughs> and we can even be juvenile today if we want. I Good. <laughs> that comes so natural for me. Uh, it, yeah, before we uh, fired up the ruminations, we were talking about the sanctuary, which you just talked about. And um, it was curious, you know, we talked about Eden and the, and all of the, everything ties together. I like to say that, you know, uh, the great renewal is woven through every pray, page of every chapter of every book of the Bible and holds it all together, you know, the great renewal. And, and you and I often, we say a lot, you know, um, Eden is coming. And, um, and uh, uh, earlier in our conversation, you were talking about where um, anytime heaven collided with earth, like when they saw the sanctuary, um, oh, uh, just in other moments that that's, that was a moment when an Eden moment. And uh, I got to thinking about that. And I, and I wondered if um, anytime, anytime heaven intersects with earth, you know, and blurs that line, you know, we always think of heaven as being up oh, far, far away right. and uh, in a galaxy far, far away, a long, long time ago. And, uh, you know, and then that moment, then Eden shows up and everyone freaks around, you know, freaks out and people fall on the floor, run around the sanctuary or, and, uh, or, you know, whatever they do. And, um, and then, and then we spend time talking about that instead of striving to get it back. And, and so I, you know, my, my brain works faster than my, well, not always my mouth sometimes works a whole lot faster than my brain does, but you know, I know, did I say that? <laughs> um, I got to thinking about when, uh, God gave, uh, Moses the, uh, basically the tabernacle and the wilderness. And he showed him. And so Moses had to recreate what he saw in heaven, in Eden, the tabernacle in Eden. And when it came to the veil that separated the Holy of Holies, I wondered, I wondered this a long time ago, did he see Jesus standing there? Because Jesus became the veil. That's what the Bible says. I, I wondered, did he see Christ? standing between him and the whole in the this holy of holies in this design and the only way that he could recreate that was with a purple veil and purple was a color of royalty yeah and this veil was thick it was yeah i mean 
it wasn't like, you know, the shawl on the back of your couch. This thing weighed, uh, it was heavy. It was thick. It was very opulent. And so when he, Jesus said on the cross, it is finished and he died, that veil was torn. Um, what does it say? It was torn from the bottom up or the top down? It was torn yeah. from the top down, almost as if the father ripped it apart. Yeah. You know, tore humanity. When he tore Jesus in two, he tore humanity out of him. I, I don't know. There's a whole lot of speculation. But the fact that that's, that was the original design, even back when Moses saw that. Yeah. And um, I just, I, I wondered that another picture of Eden. And um, how many times on Sunday morning when churches gather, I mean, just think about all the churches in this country, just in this country alone, from coast to coast and border to border, that on Sunday morning they gather, whether they're a little country church like down here in Southside, Virginia, or, you know, a big mega church downtown Chicago, uh, where I was yesterday. <laughs> and uh, um, how many times... God wishes to tear the oh, veils that we have constructed, yeah. the veils that we put on our hearts, the veils we put on our lives, the veils we've put in our own churches. And how many times he wishes to tear those, but he maybe part of it is the fact that we need to tear them from the ground up because he's already torn them from the top down and to have to have those Eden moments or heaven and earth. I don't think they were ever meant to be separated. No. Eden was never. It, and uh, I, I wonder, you know, just after having our conversations, if that's what God has wanted all along. I've torn it from the top down. Now you tear it from the bottom up. See, pursue me. Seek me. I'm right here. And then Sundays when we go in and we worship and we kind of punch that religious clock and fulfill our religious obligations and uh, our dusty dogmas. If, um, like Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. And how many times we've stood in there on a Sunday morning and the kingdom of God is right here. It's right there. Right there. Right there. And we don't, we don't tear it apart. You know, I'm, I think I think it was in the Book of Romans where Paul talks about you know when when people read the Old Testament, the veil is over their eyes, like the veil oh. that covered Moses's face. Yes, you that's know, good. he went up into he was literally in God's space. He he, Tim Mackey explains like he walked through a wall of fire to get into the presence of God, and wow. when he came back, he was his face literally glowed from having spent 40 days in the presence of God and they put a veil over his face. And Paul said that veil remains whenever people, oh. whenever Israel reads the old Testament, but he said in Christ, that veil is removed. And so I think you're absolutely right. Like God has done everything. Yeah. You know, he tore that veil and yeah. When, I mean, Jesus said, whenever two or three gather in my name, I am there with you. Like the, the, the separation between our space and God's is not nearly as great as we think. Like, and we, I, I've been thinking about the, 
just the concept of like, help us to punch through that veil, that whatever that thing is that separates us from God, you know, because we have a, a good friend who's in the hospital, um, just got diagnosed with leukemia. And, you know, we see in scripture where Jesus as that heaven on earth person walked into people's lives and leprosy was cured and blind eyes were open and people that were paralyzed, you know, were able to walk again. Like what, what is that, that kind of punched through that veil that separates our space from God's and connects us with the glory and the power of God. Mm -hmm. And I think it has something to do with love. Like everything God does is motivated by love, by compassion. You know, how many times do we read in scripture where Jesus was moved with compassion and he, he did something. But I think the reason so much of our time together as Christians, as churches is not like that because the reason it's so powerless is just, we've made that stuff more important than connecting with God. You know, it's, it's become about the show. It's become about the sermon. You know, you've used the phrase, uh, the rock and roll road show. You know, there were a lot of people pressing around Jesus to get a free meal from him or, you know, to see a magic show. And there was one woman who pushed through the crowd yeah. and she was able to, to, to connect with him like that. Like J Jesus became more important to her than, than anything. And so I think that's where it is, but yeah, it's, it's, it's on us now to, to connect with him because he's literally done everything. He's yeah. done it all. And we just need to, to, to get past ourselves and connect you know, I was I was reading uh, in Colossians the other day, and it says that uh, our faith in God and our love for other people are based on our hope of what's prepared for us and what's coming. You know, it's like it's that that faith, hope, and love that prompts us to Jesus. So, yeah, yeah, faith is combustible, and sometimes desperation is the spark. Yeah. And then I think, you know, talking about our churches and um, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot. And Janet and I were, I mean, obviously we were out of town, so we did not lead worship last Sunday. And I really, really miss that. You know, even as busy as we are musically, nothing compares to that, that incredible privilege and honor of being in, in the priesthood. And that's really yeah. how, how we approach it. And um, uh, we put a lot of time and, and uh, effort into it and prayer. And it's just, it is truly a privilege. And, and ever since you and I had that conversation a long time ago and you talked about open hands, I literally stand on the porch with my hands open when I pray about the, you know, the worship team. And uh, so that being said, just uh, while we were gone, and uh, I, I always, I always, I want people to have that freedom, and not just the freedom, but the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The motivation, the um, the lack of restraint to be desperate. Yeah. It's okay to be desperate here. Maybe that's how I need to phrase that. Because I've all, I'm, yeah, I've. I've you know, I've often invited people 
you know, this is a safe place to worship. This is a safe place to lift your hands, to dance, to cry out. Um, and um, the, uh, you know, I seldom get that kind of response that I'm hoping for, but I, I don't know what's going on in their hearts. So I think, yeah, that's it. This is a safe place to be desperate and desperate yeah. people get God's attention. Like the woman with the issue of blood, the centurion, desperate people get his attention. The guys yeah. on the side of the road yelling and screaming, you know, son of yep. David, have mercy. And they told him to be quiet. And they yelled louder. Yelled louder. So, yeah. The, yeah. The four guys carrying that man on a mat that literally yep. chopped a hole through a roof Desperate. to get, to get somebody down to Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Desperation. You know, it's interesting you use the term safe space because that term gets thrown around a lot in our society, you know, oh, sure does. a safe space where they can feel their feelings. And, you know, I have been one of those that has kind of given a side eye to that and rolled yeah. my eyes. Um, but it's just, that's a cheap imitation of what, what God wants for us is that place where we can be desperate, you know, and just, yeah, react and respond however we need to, whatever it takes for us to get to Jesus, to connect with him. And, you know, I love that you and Janet are making, you know, your church a place where people can do that. I think we need more of that, a place to get past convention and get past tradition and just, yeah, just be desperate. That's good. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. All right. I got some direction for Sunday. There we go. There we go. And the, the open hands too, that's, it's, it's, it is helpful to, you know, for our bodies to follow suit. It's easy. That's something growing up in church. You know, I grew up in Smithton Community Church and Steve Gray was my childhood pastor. And uh, he was very big on, you know, we sing these songs about, you know, you know, raising our hands and shouting, but we don't do it. Right. So, you know, I grew up in a church that was very demonstrative and um, there are abuses to that, I think, and it can become its own kind of excited religion. Sure. But I think the point is well taken is, you know, uh, when I say, Jesus, I hold my life with open hands, it makes it more real to me to stand there like this and just say, Jesus, I hold yes. my life with open hands. You can have it all. God, I... Nothing is more important than you. I trust you completely. You can take from me whatever you want to take. You can give me whatever you want to give. But here is my life. Like nothing is hidden from you. I'm not, you know, don't have one hand behind my back trying to play tricks. I really do want Jesus. And um, without going into a ton of detail, yeah, that this week has, for me has not been a fantastic week. I've, I've, I've struggled and felt far away from God and felt the weight of the person that I would like to be and the person that I'm not. And, you know, all the things that we get on here and talk about the kingdom of God and, you know, the, uh, the great renewal of heaven and earth. And, you know, I just have felt a million miles away from that this week and everything has been frustrating. And, when I talk about it, it seems like, well, maybe I'm being a little petty, but yeah, 
it's it's just felt heavy but it's been that the only thing that has helped has been those moments of you know jesus i hold my life with open hands i you know i need help i need help and maybe today i don't even want you but i want to want you you know and just being open with god like that and um you know, my wife has been staying up with our friend in the hospital the past few days, and I've had the house to myself. And there have been some moments of just turn on some music and walk around the house and pray and just try to get God close, you know. Um, and I want to be able to carry that then into uh, into a church service, you know, where I'm with other people, because I don't think it's supposed to be just individuals i think we're you know we're called as the body of christ you know that when one part rejoices we rejoice with it and when one part suffers so um i think that's a vital component to um being actively engaged in the kingdom of god now is taking this personal experience that we're having with god and doing it corporately so i know that's something you're you know passionate about too Absolutely. Yeah. And the open hands to me is it takes so much pressure off because it yeah. doesn't belong to me. Yeah. You know, it, it's and then it's not a license for irresponsibility by any means. It just right. takes that focus and that pressure off of, of fighting for something that doesn't necessarily belong to you, you know, and kind of marking your turf and and creating your own golden calf, you know, Um mm -hmm you know, your sacred harpsichord. So yeah, <laughs> your sacred pipe organ, um, you know, so it's, um, it's very liberating. Yeah. It's, I feel that a lot, uh, at work, you know, my job, um, is challenging, uh, you know, it project manager and there's, uh, a ton about IT that I don't know. And I work with a lot of really smart people who talk about things and I have to spend time after the meeting trying to decipher what it is that I just heard. And uh, leading people is, uh, it's rewarding, but it's challenging and making sure that I'm helping set direction. And so my point is I, I come out of a lot of these meetings feeling like, I don't know if I'm in the right place, you know? Wow. But this whole... Uh, idea of holding my life with open hands. I'm like, well, God, I mean, I've prayed about my journey as I've gone. And as a matter of fact, when I uh, was offered this job, I talked to you and Preston and Joey and said, you know, I'm, I want to make sure that if I take this job, it's, you know, it's what God wants for me. And uh, you said it very clearly. They're like, look, you know, you prayed and asked for God to to help you know if this was the right job for you and the job was offered. Like, take that as yeah. God saying yes. And so I'm like, all right, well, Lord, I'm I'm here where you want me to be, doing what you want me to do. Um, I, I'm, I'm in the ministry insofar as I'm really trying to do my job with excellence and, you know, to glorify God and, you know, be an example of a person who lives in the kingdom of God. So, yeah, God, the success or failure of this is on you. I'll show up and do the work, but I need right. your help. You know, I need your help. Yeah. Yeah. We got to put in the time, but you're right. Yeah. So quite the, uh, quite a day of ruminations. It has been a day of ruminations. Yeah. So 
I liked it. It was very, it was, I'll tell you what, it was encouraging to me. It was to me as well. It was to yeah. me as well. I'm, uh, my wife is still uh, up in the hospital with our friend, and so I'll be hanging out with uh, me, myself, and I for the rest of the evening. Um, but this was a great way to uh, to kind of kick off my night. And, yeah, it was uh, needed. It was needed. I definitely missed last week. But we were with the kids and eating great food in Chicago, and Chicago has the best food. I know. We didn't dodge. Uh, we didn't dodge any bullets. So, <laughs> I, I mean, we're yeah. we had a great time. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, but it is good to be home. So with that, I think we can uh, put a bow on this and wrap it up. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, this was a little unconventional for us. <laughs> a, a little, uh, yeah, meandering ruminations that meander but uh, if you like what you heard if you like the other videos that we have yeah uh, we would love for you to subscribe you can uh, reach out to us at info at the cosmic and uh, we'll be happy to connect with you um, we're not scholars or theologians we're just two guys who love god and uh, want to tell people about jesus and the kingdom of god because it's yeah. amazing and it's changed our lives definitely definitely all right and Yes. God is God not, is not mad. mad at you. Yeah. And it's that's okay. Des desperate people find a way to get to Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. See you next week. Later. <laughs>